Hello, everyone, and welcome to Seriously Wrong, the podcast. Seriously Wrong, the podcast. I am Aaron, one co-host, and that is Sean, two co-host. One co-host, two co-host, blue co-host. I was trying to think of some Susian <laughs> schmoo co-host. You know, the redfish, bluefish, my, yeah. my infant daughter loves redfish, bluefish. She'll oh, always yeah. laugh, even though she's like two months old. She will always laugh at the page where the man's feet is sticking out of the bottom of the bed and he looks upset because he's too tall for his bed. For yeah, some it's, reason, it's she'll... been a while since I read it. I have to, oh, I'd have so to see have that to page. check it out. Yeah. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of children's books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you started reading to her yet from uh, 12 Rules for Life, Jordan <laughs> yeah, Peterson. I'm waiting, <laughs> I'm waiting until uh, they're a little older so she can really... Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, grasp like, these important life lessons. <laughs> you want to wait until at least three years old, I would say. Maybe I'll, two. I'll introduce her to it when we're entering, you know, children go through a phase where they want to debunk things. They want to de- debunk, <laughs> debunk uh, pseudoscientific applications uh, into <laughs> politics and uh, critique the bizarreness of the structure of... <laughs> so we're doing a we're, we're we're talking about twelve rules for life, folks. The 2018 Jordan Peterson classic. When like he first came out, I listened to a lot of his classroom lectures, and I was like, oh yeah, like this is interesting. I get this is like this hierarchical ideology. He didn't reference it as much back then in the classroom ones as he does now constantly all the time. But I was like, eh, you know, that's weird. But I get there's like interesting psychological things he's saying. I understand why people like him. I kind of like him, but the more you're exposed to him, especially in the political sphere, it's like, oh, geez. <laughs> but he's been on this trajectory, too, where he got he switched to an all-meat diet. He, according to his <laughs> description, stayed up awake for a month straight because he drank some apple cider. Yeah. yeah. And then he was awake for a month in a state that was something approximating pure terror. Got addicted to benzos, ended up in Russia unconscious for a month or like, I don't know. <laughs> there's, there's a big, there's a lot of story there. Um, he now works for, you know, one of the largest conservative media companies, you know, sort of hard conservative media companies, the Daily Wire, where he does rambling supervillain style monologues. <laughs> And <laughs> conversations with pseudo experts on various topics uh, while tweeting up a storm about the most <laughs> yeah, <laughs> onion shit you can imagine. Uh, That's his job now. He retweeted something that showed it was like a fetish video of a machine <laughs> that is <laughs> sexually milking men. And someone attributed it to the Communist Party in China. And he retweeted it with some like solemn comment about <laughs> the, retweeted this milking fetish porn. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of conservative hoaxes online. And he, I feel like he retweets so many of them like i, I don't want to say all of them because obviously that's not true but it feels like all of them to me he's been <laughs> retweeting like onion type articles recently a lot too and being like justin trudeau what are you doing and it's like some <laughs> dunning kruger times or some like third rate onion website yes yeah, i think conservatives onion. do all the time too where i don't know if he's ever said this but i get this vibe from it where 
by not publicly taking it back, even when people point it out, he's just like, well, you know, if if I couldn't tell the difference between this and the truth and what's actually happening, what does that say about what's actually happening? It's like, well, it, nothing. It's just saying that like you people have done this to yourself so many times, got mad at things you made up so many times that you have lost connection with reality. See, a Jordan Peterson, you know, old friend of the show, someone that we've always, uh, <laughs> uh, someone that we've critiqued and talked about a few times. We thought that we'd go through um, the Twelve Rules, and yeah, yeah, his his this best-selling book, Twelve Rules. Let's just get into it. You know, the, this is a self-help book. It's called An Antidote to Chaos. Yes, but it's interesting. It sort of blends some Taoist ideas, a lot of Christian ideas, uh, evolutionary psychology. Yeah, I think he's influenced by uh, Joseph Campbell. Uh, if not Joseph Campbell directly, that sort of vein of like, we can bring together all mythologies. They're all pointing at this essential truth. But at the same time, he thinks that Western philosophy and the Western tradition has gotten it like more right than every other philosophy. And that Christianity in particular is like the best. It's like, it's like figured something out on a very deep level. So he pulls in these other examples from Taoism and this and that, but it always ends up coming back to like a Christian mysticism type vibe. Yeah. Uh Often um, defenders of Jordan Peterson will be like, that's not what he's saying. You're you're missing out the context and stuff. So in that vibe, we're going to try to be very fair-minded with our evaluation. Yeah. I'm not looking for cheap dunks here. If I get something wrong, I hope that someone corrects me. And uh, we'll actually give you a special sticker if you catch us being wrong on any new episode. I'm not going to say that I won't go for any cheap dunks because sometimes it's just fun. I feel like even some of the Twitter stuff and the, I mean, he's kind of dunking on himself with the milking machine thing, but I want to address the points fairly. I feel like I have a pretty decent understanding of his worldview because as I said, I listened to a lot of his talks. Uh, so yeah, hopefully I'll do pretty good. Can't say I'll be perfect, but yeah, if we get something wrong, let us know. Yeah. when it comes to dunks, I'll try to make them accurate and not yeah. misrepresentations. Right. Not, not playing on, you know, the brain crowd of anti Jordan Peterson haters who are, who are ready to believe any sort of negative thing against them, which so unfairly maligns him. But yeah, so talking about this book, I feel like if you've ever heard Jordan Peterson talk for an extended amount of time, you'll get a pretty good idea of like the structure of this book in general, which is that he'll say something as like a headline and then he'll talk for a long time going off on different tangents or like, and like sometimes he kind of brings it together or sometimes you can understand the through line. Sometimes it's really difficult to make it out. If you're expecting a linear argument of like, if A, then B, then C, then if C, then D, blah, 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 and pulling all these things together, that's not what you get here. That's not yeah. how this book is structured. If you like a chapter title that straightforwardly corresponds to the contents of that chapter, then this isn't the book for you. Um, there's right. definitely moments and you can definitely trace it and think maybe there's a... But a lot of it is him just putting the stuff he wants to say in between the parts that relate to the, the heading of the chapter. Right. It actually made me think like as a writer, I'm like, can you get away with this? You can just really just like, and this, and this, and this. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> I mean, people I definitely named... point it out, but you can, you can publish it if someone will publish it. Yeah. I knew a guy named Jimmy and we used to always go fishing. 
Unfortunately, he became deadly addicted to cannabis. Stalin and Pol Pot show that we need to individually focus on cleaning our rooms. And there's evidence that chickens will peck each other's eyes out. And that's why you should always be a good friend. The first rule for life is stand up straight with your shoulders back, which I thought was good posture advice, but Aaron corrected me. That's actually bad posture advice. Yeah. Well, like technically, if you look at people with good posture, they'll generally be standing relatively straight. Like the spine is never like straight, straight and your shoulders will be bad. You won't be hunched over. So like in a sense, it's good advice, but rule number five. Do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. So this is when I start getting into the ones where like just the bald face reading of the rule starts to sound really like, that's weird. Yeah, let's think about what it would mean to not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. So the spectrum of everything that people could dislike. Okay, my steel man of the point is that obviously to some extent parents have to set limits for children and let them know that certain things are not acceptable. Uh, like if your toddler who just learned how to use the potty sees all the toilets at Home Depot and thinks he can use them, you have to stop that and just be like, no, 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 that's like really like a socially... You know, like you have to, <laughs> you have to rein your children. He talks a lot about children being tyrants and parents who are tyrannized by their children and would do anything for them. And they're just these like uh, devoted, like overly like uh, codependent parents who are just people pleasing, but towards their children, like doing any like little whim their children has. The, the, the feminist mother who would never make a sandwich for her husband will gladly do it for her, her son who's playing a video game is one example he throws out there uh, the, like to some extent you could be a parent who enables bad behavior in your children because you're afraid of setting limits that's my steel man um, but he is mostly talking about like this uh, it, it's so much of like what we've talked about in like papa and boy and just this idea of like creating this inherently clashing relationship between parents and children or like if you don't tyrannize them they'll tyrannize you and like you have to be a benevolent dictator to them and like this hierarchy is natural and like it's not a relationship of like mutuality it's a relationship of it's not even just a relationship of like pedagogy of like teaching your children how to be in the world it's one of enforcement yeah, he specifically endorses actually in his like sort of father-son system stuff. He's telling these stories of like, these are the ego games I had to play with my child in order to defeat them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how he like dominates them in the realm of ideas and stuff. Just dominated my child in the, a game of wit again. He was trying to dominate me, but I defeated him. All right, now listen up, child. Uh, this is your father speaking. Papa, what? What, what happened to you? You're so domineering. Now listen up, you little twerp. I can tell you right now, you're acting like a little Stalin in a death camp, killing millions of people. I don't care, Papa. I want chocolate and I'll never relent. You will not dominate me. Perhaps I'll challenge you to a game of wits. Enter into my labyrinth of puzzles and I'll outwit you, my tiny baby, and defeat you. And that was a teaser for the latest episode of the Seriously Wrong podcast about Jordan Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. If you want to hear the full episode, head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash seriouslywrong. 
and sign up for $6 a month, you'll get access to our entire archive, all the bonus episodes, and episodes a day or two early. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.